This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool's hunt for the quadruple rumbles on as they ease past Cardiff City 3-1 to enter the fifth round of the FA Cup. Welcome back everyone to the post-game podcast after what feels like a lifetime since the last Liverpool match, but it's great to have you back alongside me, Patrick Smith. Courtesy of goals from Diogo Jota, Takumi Minamino and the returning Harvey Elliott, the Reds will next face Norwich City at Anfield in the fifth round of the FA Cup. The headlines of the day, no doubt, will be the return of Harvey Elliott from injury who scored a wonderful volley to mark his comeback and the debut of new signing Luis Diaz who notched an assist on his Anfield berth. We've got plenty to get into, so join me for all the reactions, including Liverpool Echo correspondent Ian Doyle, Jurgen Klopp's press conference, and of course the view from the cop, with fans Stephen Dawson, Mike Holt and Mark Baker giving their thoughts on the Reds' return to action. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Well, it's all over here at Anfield and Liverpool have got through to the fifth round of the FA Cup by beating Cardiff City 3-1. The uh, championship side put up a bit of a good fight, to be honest, certainly in the first half when Liverpool, having not played for a couple of weeks, they seemed to look a little bit laboured, um, didn't really get going. Uh, there were five changes to the Liverpool team, we'll, we'll get on to that in a minute. One or two uh, decent performances, one or two slight concerns. But as I say, for the first half they didn't really create much. There was just one effort for Yogo Jota quite early on. Took a Nabicator pass uh, into his stride in the area, t- turned and then hit it and uh, Phillips in the Cardiff goal saved. But other than that, Cardiff would be quite pleased and they had a big shout for a penalty. Uh, Mark Harris, he went down. Uh, under a challenge from we got goal side of Ibrahima Kanati. Referee Andy Madley said no pen and VAR decided to uh, agree with the referee. It was one of those where I suspect that if it had been given I don't think that the uh, VAR would have looked to overturn it but as he, you know, the referee deemed that it wasn't a foul there wasn't enough in it to suggest uh, it was a clear and obvious error so slight escape for Liverpool and they had one at the start of the second half as well although slightly lesser so Kevin Kelleher came out again it was Harris who Looked to have, you know, get in behind the Liverpool defence. It was a long ball. Kelleher looked as though he was going to get there first, whether it was the wind or whether he misjudged it. Well, Harris got there first outside the outside the area, about 10, 15 yards, and uh, Kelleher fouled him, went down. Referee gave a yellow card to Kelleher, and uh, looking at the replays, it was the right decision because Ibrahim Kanati was very close by, and there were one or two other covering defenders, and there was still quite a bit for the Cardiff player to do. But that actually seemed to kickstart Liverpool into some kind of into some kind of action, into life. And if shortly afterwards, they won a free kick on the, the right of the area. Trent Alexander-Arnold killed it in, killed in and Diogo Jota was the man. Once again, the header, he got in between two defenders and put it in at the cop end. And for the moment, Liverpool went ahead. The game was kind of, you know, it was in their control and they never looked like losing. Uh, the second goal, though, came from a new player, Luis Diaz. He came on after 58 minutes alongside Harvey Elliott, who was making his first appearance. Uh, since September when he suffered that, you know, that horrible ankle injury at Leeds United and both of those players got a huge ovation and within 10 minutes uh, Diaz had, had made a contribution he uh, capitalised on a little bit of hesitancy in the Cardiff defence one of the defenders wanted to let the ball go through to the keeper he got in there, showed quick feet on the byline cut it back and while Jota didn't quite connect Minamino, Takumi Minamino was there to, uh, to put it in and make it 2-0 and then 8 minutes later another substitute Andy Robertson crossed from the left uh, Harvey Elliott took uh, one touch with his left foot inside the area, about 12 yards out, and then swivelled and hit one into the bottom corner. And you know, the, the relief from him and the delight, he suspects a mixture of those two things, 
when he went in. He went up to the cop, celebrated, and then after the the players had celebrated with him, he made a point of going again to the cop, and uh, and that was that. Cardiff did pull a goal back towards the end after Roberto Firmino had uh, lost the ball in midfield, and you know they celebrated that. So the what was it what was it six or seven thousand away fans? They, they took up both tiers of the Anfield Road end, celebrated that with with gusto, and they gave Cardiff a massive backing. Must bearing in mind that Cardiff were missing a lot of players, and they had I think it was three debutants playing today, and a, a number of youngsters in the side. So I think you know Ruben was, Colwyn was the one who scored the goal, and he, he, he was only 19 years old. It was a massive moment for him. So you know. All in all, I think Liverpool, in the end, did enough to win the game. But as I say, the, the, the main stories were that Harvey Elliott making his comeback and you know he was the last one off the pitch at the end of the game. He made a point of doing that and applauding the fans that were left in the stadium. He, he was saving every single moment. And, and the debut for Diaz, he, uh, he took an almighty knock after having been uh, stood on by uh, Aidan Flint, accidentally, by the way, the Cardiff uh, centre-back. The, the pair of them went up for a header. Um, Diaz landed first and then... Flint landed on top of him and caught his, with his studs on his knee. Looked a sore one. There was a bit of a concern, but Jurgen Klopp spoke afterwards and said he thinks he's going to be okay. So hopefully that'll be that. And, and what's interesting is the, the, the players who weren't here. Look at that. Allison and uh, Fabinho. They were rested because they were playing. They'd been playing for Brazil in the World Cup qualifiers. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Joe Gomez weren't available because they earlier this week had, had uh, tested positive for coronavirus. And although they're out of their uh, they're out of their uh, isolation period, I should say, they they were not quite ready to play they can resume training I think tomorrow obviously Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane weren't here either because they're in Africa Cup of Nations final duty later in the day and uh, Divock Origi wasn't quite ready having come back from injury so it was a strong Liverpool team for the game it was a reasonably strong bench especially when you consider Thiago also came on he, uh, he making his first appearance since December after having suffered a hip injury and suddenly going into you know what is going to be a busy February I think Liverpool have got I think it's something they've got you know the Champions League resumes they've got the League Cup final at the end of the month they've got three league games as well to fit in uh, Jurgen Klopp's got options which is what he's always wanted you know how long they'll stay there I don't know but you'll have that rare luxury certainly at the moment so having practically a full squad to choose from and they'll have you know they'll have bigger tests coming than uh, this game although as I say Cardiff deserve credit for the way they defended until they conceded that first goal and the, uh, the manager Steve Morrison said afterwards he was a bit unhappy at the fact that they seemed to gift Liverpool their goals which is to a certain degree was correct but by the end they would you know the defence was tired because Liverpool had just been if not pummeling away they've certainly been working them and they did a bit more in the second half to, to justify and merit that victory so Liverpool still in contention on four fronts they now have Norwich City at home the draw was, was made before the game actually which considering the game seemed to kick off at about nine o'clock in the morning was a little bit strange but uh, yeah Liverpool Norwich at home uh, that's uh, the first midweek of March it'll be probably be on a Wednesday it'll be three three or four days after the League Cup final against Chelsea so busy times for Liverpool you know another packed down for your crowd they enjoyed it and they got to see perhaps a glimpse of the future with uh, Diaz and Elliot coming on so uh, all good in the end for Liverpool the post game podcast on the blood red channel and score a goal like that you must be so pleased for him I am I am absolutely. Um, so with the goal, it, uh, it became obviously uh, a proper fairy tale. To be honest, um, in my mind, I had directed the situation. It's not nice, but it came up uh, the situation leads when we lost him uh, with this horrible injury, and um, 
So all the way through, he was very patient. Our medical department did obviously an incredible job with him, but he was patient enough to do all the necessary steps. And um, coming then on is already a great step back. But scoring this nice goal makes it a proper fairy tale. So I'm really happy for him. He, <laughs> he was over the moon. It was proper, probably touching. And um, so, yeah, all good. Yeah, and he paid uh, special praise to Joe Lewis on the physio team. What kind of role did Joe play in getting him back? Sorry? He paid tribute to Joe Lewis on your physio team. What did Joe do to get him back so well? Oh, you, you have to ask. You have to ask Harvey and Joe. I'm not. I'm standing next to the bed when they when they work each other. Joe is obviously our rehab physio. Um, he works a lot together with the boys. The rehab process is led by um, Dr. Andreas Schlumberger. So, um, so there are so many things to do in in this long period, and you can do a lot of wrong things. And happily, happily, or lucky enough, uh, or luckily, we um, we did the right stuff. So he is back. That's good. Still is time, what you need. He was long out and all these kind of things, but he's back. We could see that today. He's still an incredible footballer, and we are all really, really happy about that. Uh, and the first sight of Luis Diaz, an assist and a scary moment with a, a, a stud on his knee. How is he? Good. So, thank God. Um, yeah, it was a scary moment. That's true. First, the, the first goal, uh, the, the goal he um, set up for Taki uh, was absolutely incredible. Um, high press, counter press. I love it. Um, and then Taki finished it off. Uh, then the long ball, the heading challenge. He goes down, holds his knee afterwards. We were all really shocked. I look on the screen. I saw that everything was fine in the air. Everything was fine when he came down. But then I saw the big fella of <laughs> Cardiff standing on his on his knee, and he has now a bruise there and a scar, like a yeah, it's red and a little bit open. Um, yeah, we all said to him, welcome to England. Um, and now he has his first <laughs> assist and his first uh, little scar. Um, that's absolutely OK. Um, and I, I don't think it will be any serious, because maybe tomorrow he feels it more, then we have to react to that. But it, it's nothing serious. Thank you, Jeremy. We'll go to Masatoshi next, and then to Chris Baskin. Hi, Jürgen. Um, Taki played uh, two matches for Japan and then came back. but. Seemed pretty sharp all around, and it's gone second goal. Taki obviously was very successful with Japan. Uh, before he left, he was successful with us, so he has a really good moment. Played today a really good game, scored a wonderful goal. Um, came back early. He could have stayed a little bit longer away if he want, if he would have wanted. Um, with his. Uh, um, Outstanding attitude. Obviously, he wanted to, 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 to be back quicker. That's why we could line him up today. Very, very good option for us. Um, and yeah, he's a very good moment. Thank God. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, Mastoshi. Okay, we've got to Chris Baskin then to finish Carl Markham. Hi again. I, mean, I don't want to put any case on it, but I don't think your squad has looked so strong at this stage of the season, you know, in terms of all the injured players coming back to Yargo today, Harvey. Would that be a fair observation? You, you seem so well equipped now for, for the four four challenges, for you know, four competitions you've got ahead of you. We had exactly the same squad before as well. So um, Lewis came in, uh, Ned and uh, and Nico left. So the squad is not, okay. If you want, um, Harvey came back as well. So and they all fit 
we have a really good squad. We never said anything different. Um, a really good squad, and then we have to we have to use that, of course. Um, but they were it never happened really that they were all fit. It's not the first time, maybe. Let's hope that tonight nothing happens in the game in Africa and stuff like this, and then come back as the two boys come back as well. So um, yeah, let's see. We, we are not going to doubt about the quality of our squad. That's it. Any follow up, Chris? Yeah, I suppose it was just the point I was making was more about the fitness of everybody. You know, it just seems everybody's fit at the same time. So you, you, that was more not not, not the quality. The quality's always been there, but just to have everybody available. Yeah, look, I hated to talk about these kind of things because next day I get message and something is not like it was before. So if they are all fit, then we have a good squad. Today, in this moment, it looks like they are all fit. Even Debogorigi is um, trained last week with the team, so he was. Um, not ready for the squad yet, but was um, is, is in full training now from now on. So um, yes, that's positive. But again, uh, that's a, that's this moment. Let's see what kind of news I get tomorrow, and then from there we go. Uh, we play Thursday Leicester, we play Sunday Burnley, we then, then Champions League and all this kind of stuff. So the, the games are coming really thick and fast, and we have to be ready for that. And if the, the better, the more players we have fit and available the better it is, but that doesn't win football games because other teams have good squads as well. Um, you have to do then the right stuff on the pitch, and that's what we have to do. Thanks, Chris. Final questions then from Carl Markham. Hi, Jürgen. Um, a lot has been made of, of Harvey's uh, physical comeback, but we've, I think we forget he's, he's only 18, and, and it's a big mental thing to, to make a comeback and, from such a serious injury. True, but it's probably his biggest talent is um, how how ready he is uh, mentally for all that for all the stuff out there. Uh, he's a kid, yes, but on the pitch not so much. And um, he was buzzing. He was really um, waiting for this moment, um, and we all were waiting for it. But um, that we could do it today is just it's just really nice. And um, so, yeah, when when he got the injury, when he got injured. The next day, or two days later, I saw him at the training ground, and I was in a worse mood than he was. To be honest, <laughs> I saw him. And we're like, they both pretty much like, come on, boss, head up. I will be back, stuff like this. So, um, yeah, he's an exceptional talent in a lot of different departments. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 3-1 win over Cardiff City in the FA Cup. Really satisfying result. That well, not, not so much the result. I think we, I hope we all expected to win. I certainly did. Uh, it would have been a big shock if we hadn't. I think just so many other aspects about what happened today that was particularly pleasing. It was a, a bit of a drab first half. In fact, a friend of mine, I think, tried to wind me up texted me and said he, he hadn't seen a Liverpool performance as bad as this for a very long time. I'm, I'm not sure I really agree with him, but it wasn't um, absolutely full of inspired football, I must say. But the second half took on quite a different identity, didn't it? And the real pleasure came from uh, two of our substitutes, uh, as I think many of you will agree. So good to see Harvey Elliott back and do so well. I mean, that just, I think, probably brought smiles to thousands of faces uh, around the world. And then to see um, Diaz make his debut for Liverpool as well was particularly satisfying, wasn't it? Um, and I think these are very, very significant uh, players to bring onto the field for us today. I, 
I watched Harvey Elliott in preseason, and uh, as we all did in the first few games of the season, and it seemed quite clear that he was very clearly in a position to just not just knock on the door occasionally of the starting eleven, but make a case for being, you know, a permanent or at the very least semi-permanent fixture in that starting eleven. You know, he's a he's a player now who is right up there. Um, among the players that we can count on to make a difference. You know, and I, I compare him to, to someone like Curtis Jones, uh, another midfielder. Curtis Jones, a local lad, uh, a good footballer. Very likely, I think, will play for England. I think Curtis Jones probably fits into the category of... Uh, I don't know, I wonder if people will think I'm being unkind, but I think he I think he fits into the category of one of those players who may well play for England because he plays for Liverpool. And if, you know, for some reason Curtis Jones left Liverpool and, and went somewhere else, that might signal the end of any England career that he will have or might have. Um, but he's a, he's a competent player. He's a young lad. He's got plenty to learn. He's got plenty of development. And he's, he's, he's already experienced some, some good times. But you see a couple of times today, as we saw uh, a, few, a few games ago, he was presented with a decent opportunity that he could smacked nicely with the side of his foot and he leant back and it went well over the bar. Just didn't have that composure in front of goal that we'd like to see from a youngster where there's an awful lot of promise. And Harvey Elliott is just so different to that. He's exciting, he's confident, he's got great confidence. And the way he took his goal, I mean, it, it was great feet, tremendous turn, smashed the ball in. And Ian Wright and Roy Keane were making were making comments uh, after the game and, and the word they used was sharp. And I think that's that's a really key word to use for a player who's been out for however many months it's been. I think people were quoting six months, but it's not as long as that, is it? I don't think it's, it's more likely four months that he's been out, perhaps a little bit longer. But to come back and look that sharp and to be that effective in his, in his first football uh, back on the park for the first team was just marvellous. And this is a player where there's no drop-off if, if he comes into the side. He's exciting. He, he, he adds something. He doesn't just bring something to the team. He adds something that I think perhaps, you know, a, a lot of our other players that we look to introduce may not have. You know, I would include Curtis Jones in that and Minamino and, and Oxlade-Chamberlain, for example. He is a player who can contribute. Um, and, and Dazzlers. And then and Diaz, you know what, what a what a debut that was. I mean, he I think probably didn't have quite as good a game as as Harvey Elliott. They were on the field for the same amount of time, but that little bit of genius in that tightest of tight spaces, on the byline there, with beautiful feet, to get by the players that were attending to him in really no space at all, drag the ball back, um, such that it went through. Jota's legs, you know, had he been alive to it, it would have been, a, I think, a, a decent tap-in for Jota, but it went through his legs and then um, onto Minamino for the goal. And that was so good to see. And, you know, I, I, I'm i really looking forward to, to him getting really involved between now and the end of the season. We now have um, five top-quality forwards vying for three places now. And we've got Harvey Elliott in there as a sort of, um, you know, a player that 
drifts into that position, albeit from a, perhaps a deeper area um, from time to time. And that is a huge difference to have Elliot and Diaz added to the squad when really we were relying on Mane, Salah, Firmino, Jota before and anybody else that you throw in there was a, a significant drop-off. You know, it, there's a lot to be excited now and I shouldn't really be perhaps talking about this in this podcast, but if you had a look at Carvalho yesterday and if you've seen the footage of him, you know, if we can get hold of him, then, um, you know, all is forgiven about recent inactivity in the transfer market from FSG. Oh, lots of good reasons to smile today. I'm I'm really pleased about the way things have gone. Um, just to add my two cents, I think Kelleher, on reflection, having seen a close-up and in slow motion, perhaps should have been given a red card. Uh, there was no intention. He wasn't... There were no, You know, studs were up, but it wasn't that kind of a challenge. It wasn't completely reckless and out of control. But you've seen them given and... Um, Perhaps a little bit lucky, but what a goalkeeper he is. You know, I think it's, it's great that he comes off the line so quickly. He looks so confident. He looks so mature and grown up in the way he plays. Uh, it's it's wonderful to have a backup goalkeeper with his makeup. And just final thing to say, Trent on free kicks. Yeah, lovely when it's an assisting type free kick and he's playing the ball into the box. You know, we saw that for Jota's goal, which was a super finish, by the way. But uh, let's have someone else from time to time take a free kick when we're shooting on goal because he's, his conversion rate is just just too low, isn't it? At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Mike Holt from Go On The Match podcast with my review on Liverpool 3, Cardiff City 1, which sees the Reds go through to the next round and put the name in the hat, um, which we know will be facing Norwich at home in the next round um another favorable tie for the reds but um in terms of going into the game um pretty strong team that you that you can could have put out there um and to be honest in the first half you know quite lackluster um obviously had a lot of the possession which is always going to be the case didn't do too much with it um i felt like the transition between the midfield three and the front three wasn't really there i think people were getting stuck under each other's toes um a la curtis jones and taki minamino i think they were just getting on top of each other um rather than one of them making the run and one of them threading a the ball through um that being said uh obviously we go one nil up with uh jota with the header um great ball in uh obviously scores the header but apart from that there wasn't really much more to talk about in that first half um I think Cardiff maybe feel a bit a, a bit um, hard done to with the penalty potentially um, in the first twenty. I think it was. Um, I think if it was the other way around. I think we'd be feeling quite hard done to too. So I think we might have got away with one there potentially. Um, obviously, the second goal comes from some pretty sloppy defending in the second half from Cardiff. Um, I can't remember if it was their fullback or their centre half that was playing around with it, trying to be clever in the box. Um, gives it to Luis Diaz, who's obviously comes on with a standing ovation, um, the new signing. Um, weaves his way around the fullback and it sort of mellies its way in the box and finds Taki Minamino, slots it away. Um, very similar to the one that he should have scored against Arsenal in the League Cup. But, you know, delighted that he obviously got his goal. Um, 
I, I was actually saying to some of my mates but uh, before he scored that goal, you know, we're a couple of seasons into attacking Minamino now and I'm not really too sure where his strengths lie. Um, you know, what what he hasn't really pinned down a position, he hasn't really yeah, he scored the odd few goals and the cups and stuff, but he just he does flatters to deceive sometimes. I think Taki does. Um, as much as I really want him to do well as well, you know, he seems like a really good guy, but it's just not quite there. But obviously, he does get the goal, which will do his confidence a world of good. Um, third goal obviously comes from Harvey Elliott, absolutely made up. Not only that he's coming back on the pitch, but he scores that fantastic goal. He takes it so well. Um, he takes it like a senior pro. And we've got to remember this lad's only like eighteen. You know what? What? What a um, what a moment for him to come back for. And again, that'll do his confidence a world of good. Um, and it just helps, but like booster our our attacking options that we've got. Um, especially with Luis Diaz coming in, you know, it just gives us more squad depth there. Um, so no, it was a great goal. Um, Cardiff again might feel hard done to. Maybe Kelleher should have been sent off. Um, I think he. There definitely is a world where that's a red card and he and he does go. Uh, VAR obviously deemed it a yellow. But, you know, was he last man? I think Van Dijk was just there. But the tackle wasn't great. He didn't get any of the ball. There's definitely a world where there's a red card there. So I think we might have got away with one again. Second time in the game. They do get a goal back, Cardiff. Um, Firmino gives the ball away quite sloppily. Milner misses the tackle. Um, sets a little counter-attack away. And it was a good finish, to be fair, from their striker. I think he's their top goal scorer. Um, uh, Cardiff fans obviously loved that one. Um, bit surprised at the Cardiff fans um, acting like a small club, to be honest, to be honest, singing about Gerard slipping and um, you know, they were just, you know, this is a t- this was a club that was in the Premier League a couple of years ago. You know, they're acting like a very small club mentality, which I was quite surprised about. But day out for them. Um, Liverpool obviously go through. In terms of any sort of individual performances, um, I, I was a bit disappointed of Curtis Jones. You know, I really think he is such a great prospect and he's going to be such a great player. But he wasn't quite at the races today. He got on the ball, shooting wasn't great. He just wasn't quite at it. Um, Simicast I thought was really good. Obviously Van Dyke is Van Dyke. Trent is Trent. Um, Canate is slightly sloppy. Um just his defending was very good but on the ball he looked a little clumsy so I think he just needs to show that up a little bit maybe that's game time and it'll come um, being alongside Van Dijk a bit more often um, apart from that I think there wasn't really too much to say I think you know but maybe I'd have Jota maybe man of the match I think he was just alive wire he set set the uh, the tempo of the game but great to see Elliot coming back great to see Luis Diaz coming on Um and obviously, like I said at the start, Norwich in the next, the next game at Anfield. You know, we, we, you'd think if there was no cup upsets there, that we go through that one as well. So, it's another cup that we could definitely set our sights on with, with the Carabao final uh, at the end of the month. Hopefully, we'll, you know, pick up that one, and you know, it could be a season of cup competition, cup competitions for Liverpool. Liverpool progress into the next round of the FA Cup after beating, uh, reasonably comfortably beating Cardiff at Anfield, which is what you'd expect in terms of the comparative positions of the two clubs within their respective leagues. So I think what it was about was sort of getting Liverpool back into 
a rhythm of playing games again. It's interesting, actually, because often you think to yourself that Liverpool could face a problem in which a lot of the players accumulate too many games. Obviously, they don't have that comparable quality to come into their lineup that maybe, say, a Chelsea and a Manchester City have, without a shadow of a doubt, they don't in certain areas of the pitch and rely on a lot of players playing a lot of games consistently. But actually, if you actually look at Liverpool's record, they really suffer when they don't play con- consistent uh, matches. Anytime they seem to have a break within their schedule, they normally come up with not the best outcomes. I mean, not talking about loads of defeats, but what, I'm, what I am talking about is in comparison to when they, they play games on a regular basis, you often find that Liverpool's performances and actually the results after an extended break aren't the best. And so that's probably why a few more of the first team played in the FA Cup side than you potentially would have imagined, especially when you take into account that Liverpool have got a pretty fully fit squad or there or thereabouts for pretty much the first time in the season, really. I know Oxley chamberlain and Joe Gomez were, were out with COVID issues, having just recovered. So obviously that ruled them out. But if you throw them two in the mix as well, and obviously the... Salah and Manny coming back from the African Cup of Nations, you can see it's a really strong squad and Liverpool are the strongest for the second half of the year, really. And it'll be interesting to see in terms of the lineups he he picks over the next couple of weeks because obviously games are coming within, within every three to four days over this period. And I suppose selecting the right players at the right moments will be critical for Liverpool coming out with as good a number of points and progressing in the cup competitions as they possibly can. And so I think I'll start with obviously Harvey Elliott who was who was back today and scored a fantastic goal really. I mean made it look quite simplistic but in a in a penalty area on your first game back to be able to have the time and to be able to bring the ball down excellent execution cushioning of the instep of his left foot and then finish outstandingly well with the laces striking across the ball and past the goalkeeper. And I think this is a player who Liverpool and the management staff and everyone there really rate and thinks has got a really high ceiling and possibility to be a regular player for Liverpool. I know obviously started, well, the one that stood out to me was him starting the Premier League game against Chelsea earlier on the Premier League season, obviously before his injury. And that said to me, this this guy's a, a real viable option in the staff's four process. And again, an interesting thing, I suppose, at the start of the season with that sort of limited game time that he got before the injury was that he was actually playing as an inside right as, as part of a midfield three. Obviously, previously, I know through his youth career and obviously went out on loan as well at Blackburn, he'd mainly played off that right-hand side coming in on his left foot. But Liverpool do play slightly differently to a lot of teams who the certain profiles they have in the wide players and Liverpool's profile that they look for in the wide players is players who play between the 18-yard box, make runs from out to in and a goal threat and offer that physicality, that pace to run in behind with obviously the central striker dropping in so they can make them penetrating runs in between centre-half and full-back. And you wouldn't necessarily say Elliot's that because he doesn't look like he has that outstanding acceleration and that, that his first profile would be to run in behind and that's why probably Klopp has looked at him in a, di- a slightly different manner and, and seen him as part of that midfield three and obviously looks a player who can be quite creative, slide balls through and be a possible really effective passer 
whether it be the final pass in the final third. So that's obviously the four process for them. And again, with a crowded midfield now, with all the options seemingly being available, I think we'll get a real idea, or obviously bear in mind he's just come back from injury, but we'll get a real idea of how highly rated he is in comparison to his peers in that position. Because it wouldn't surprise me if he played an awful lot and was one of the 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 first choices or certainly there or there around the first choices within that midfield three because unlike the other players in there he seems to have that little ability to play between the lines and potentially play that final pass something that Liverpool as a squad have always been slightly lacking even though the the, the obviously fantastic players in this that area so I'll be really interested to see uh, not only his long-term plan in terms of where Liverpool see him playing, but also what impact he can have in the short term. Because I think automatically you think to yourself, well, he's going to have to take his time, he's going to have to buy his time to get back in after such a big injury. But you just don't know. You just don't know how well he's showing up. You don't know how highly rated he is. And I suppose on the, the little bits and pieces that we've obviously seen from him so far, you really don't know what a ceiling is. Only, only the coaching staff would know that. So that'll be really interesting to see. And obviously with Salah and Manny coming back from the African Cup of Nations, for me it was never so much about the games that they'd miss because you felt that Liverpool may be able to navigate probably them two Premier League games that they were absent for. But I also felt it, you know, playing in the African Cup of Nations and, you know, being away, travelling, being in a competitive environment where there's a lot of pressure on the shoulders and then being the main creative forces in their team, I don't think it was just about them missing for that period. It was the fact of what sort of fatigue they would have after that tournament. You know, the idea that they can just come back and hit the grounds running again straight away and be the most decisive players for Liverpool again in the final third. I think they're going to need time to be dipped in and out of the team. I don't think it can just be one of them where they come straight back in. Don't forget as well, they play all the minutes for the respective countries as well. And there's a lot of travel involved in all that and the emotional side that the tournaments will take out of them. And obviously, both players have also reached the final of the tournaments. And so, again, obviously with Liverpool signing Luis Diaz, and I think, obviously, we know that that probably was brought forward because of the Tottenham situation in bidding for the player. But it could be really vital in the second half of the season for Liverpool because if you have a player like Diaz who... Listen, I haven't I haven't seen a great deal of him play, but sort of what I have seen of him play and the profile that he offers is very much what you'd expect of a Liverpool wide attack at a goal threat, ability to to threaten space from out to in, ability to to dribble one v one, eliminate opponents. So he is an excellent option to have to play in a lot of games between now and the end of the season, especially if you're going to rotate them options within Liverpool's forward line, and could be end up being a really decisive player. I mean, as for the long-term futures of the, some of the forward players, I think that'll be really interesting, but probably a talk for a, for another day with, obviously, Diaz coming in and, and the three fundamental players for me, you know, Manny and Salah, have not yet signed up, but I think it's been covered on a lot of different podcasts, so I don't think I'll go into that right now. But, yeah, really important option, I think, especially because of the fatigue example that you're probably going to find from them two players and Manny and Salah. So I think that pretty much sums up the day, really, and the, the, the things that I found interesting. But really, over the next couple of weeks, for me, that midfield section of the pitch and how that looks, obviously, with Thiago coming back in, it's a partner for being, you know, as for me, the, the absolute first choice midfield. And, you know, with Thiago then being fit again, how much of an effect can that have on, on Liverpool for the, the final part of the season as well? 
and hopefully you know they can build his minutes up and get him available for as many many games as possible and obviously just leave him out of games they feel that they can possibly get by without him more manageable fixtures because when the big ones come around or the better opposition you want to try and wrap them in cotton wool as much as you can and see them out on that team sheet as one of the midfield three for the biggest games which could prove decisive I mean you only have to look at the statistics of when he plays in comparison to when he doesn't play especially when that sort of double pivots out of the out of possession of Thiago and Fabinho joining up gives Liverpool such a better platform in which to, to extract results so that's the end really good straightforward doing <laughs> And uh, obviously they'll go into the next fixture against Leicester. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.